He's big and strong, he's sad and mad, and a little bit funny. You are listening to the Crash Program. Crashberry here. Thanks for listening to the Crash Program. Content warning, this episode of Disinfomaniacs Hammer Part 4, The Curse of Boneface, includes neo-Nazis, chuds, and other weirdos doing weird stuff. Listener beware. The Crash Program is ad-free in order to protect your pod listening experience. We don't, for instance, want to interrupt the narrative of Boneface's trial for lying about being a Ukrainian freedom fighter with a commercial for MeatBoxOfTheMonth.com Every month, you receive a full box of meat. So if you'd like to support our journalism and stories that go places others won't, please sign up at Patreon.com slash CrashBerry or visit CrashBerry.com for all the details. Now, on with the show. Disinfomaniacs is a podcast about the liars, the grifters, and the fascist charlatans intent on destroying democracy. We will be reporting on how their propaganda trickles down to negatively impact local communities. We are here to expose, debunk, and pre-bunk the disinfomaniacs. Welcome to Disinfomaniacs. I'm Crash Berry. Joining me is historian and Chud Hunter Andy O'Brien. Hey there. And our colleague Nathan Bernard is away on undercover assignment, but he will be returning for the next episode. This is Disinfomaniacs episode eight. And I can't believe this, Andy. It's Hammer part four. <laughs> Once again, we're talking about Hammer and the Blood Tribe cult, uh, who we've been covering a lot of here in Maine. Uh, they made national news big time last week after their so-called March of the Red Shirts. That was on September 2nd in Florida and just north of Orlando. Uh, so today I'm going to tell you the saga of Boneface, this weirdo con man who duped Hammer and his boys into believing that he was like this Ukrainian freedom fighter when the reality is Boneface, I guess, is like the quintessential, you know, Florida man. He's a meth addict with a head covered in tattoos. <laughs> he's got a long rap sheet and he's got a major problem telling the truth. So I'm going to tell you about Boneface. I'm going to tell you about the march they had. And I'm going to tell you about Hammer's next plans. Okay, Andy. So in your funny voice, can you do that thing about hold on to your seats or whatever? Hold on to your britches. This is going to be quite the ride. We've got a lot to cover, but for folks who want to learn more about Hammer, by the way, his real name is Chris Polhouse. He's this ex-Marine uh, neo-Nazi tattoo artist who has plans for a tiny house compound for his uh, fellow white supremacists. That's up in Springfield, Springfield, Maine, Penobscot County about an hour outside of Bangor. If you want to learn more about him, you're going to want to listen to episodes three, four, and five of Disinfomaniacs, where we go into great detail about this guy's violent rhetoric. If you remember, Andy, we discussed how Hammer thinks there will be an opportunity at one point for Nazis to take American war brides after the coming collapse of society. Yeah, the ISIS brides, right. Yeah, so that's what's uh, going on in Springfield, Maine right now. Also, in those episodes, you can hear us go over his history 
about his great-great-uncle, this gay German Jew who was in the concentration camps back in World War II. And we get into a little bit his uh, esoteric Hitlerism, right? His love of Hitler. (laughs) And his belief that Hitler was a reincarnation of Odin, the Norse god of war, also known as Wotan, which is the tattoo on the side of Hammer's face. This doesn't even sound real, Andy, but you know this is 100% real. Tell me something about what the legislature is planning to do in response to Hammer. You might have heard that Senator Joe Baldacci has been making some noise about the Nazis up in Springfield. Uh, First, he came out and said he wanted to put forward some kind of anti-militia bill. Uh, There's a similar law like this in Vermont, uh, which bans paramilitary camps, more there's a, n- a number of these bills have been put forward throughout the country uh i have some concerns about this only because i can just imagine the glee that somebody like paul page would take uh, uh with this bill uh <laughs> leftist groups and i mean kind of going over private property rights uh and which is a tough sell in maine anyways so that's one of the things uh joe baldashi anything else in that legislation the next thing that he's planning is to ban full face coverings for people carrying uh, open carrying firearms. Uh, and so this he would prohibit people who openly carry firearms from wearing this covering over their eyes, nose and mouth. Open carry in firearms is legal under Maine law. He would actually exempt hunters and sportsmen from this. So I guess, uh, you know, it, he, he would he would word it so that uh, a person could not train others in weapons if they are intended to u- be used in furtherance of civil disorder. Um, you know, gathering with one or two mo- uh, or more people for the purpose of that training would also be prohibited under a second uh, section. I'm against all this. This is all lawfare stuff. This isn't the way we do it because, like you say, what happens when LePage is governor? Uh, so I'm more for, I think we've talked about it many times now, that the locals just run these guys out of town. Good old-fashioned mobbing. Yes, mobbing, as you've written about extensively, which I really like reading that. Any more you can do on mobbing, I I really love to hear. Yeah. Let's get back to the red shirts, okay? It was the March of the Red Shirts. We first broke news of that. We were the first ones to talk about this back in Hammer Part 3. That was in July. And it was Hammer's plan to hold the biggest march under the swastika since the 1939 German-American Boons Rally at Madison Square Garden. That was attended by over... 20,000 Nazis went to that one. Huge. You can watch the video online. Yeah, it's really scary. Uh, Hammer, along with Handsome Truth, we've talked about him before, a.k.a. John Mindiero, he's the leader of the Goyam Defense League, Handsome Truth, right? Uh, They were co-organizing the event. And it was going to be in Florida, they said, and you had to be vetted to get in. They, like, bragged about this vetting process, right? (laughs) There was a vetting bot, and then there was a vetting guy, this expert, who we'll hear about later, a dude named Cracker. Uh, Cracker was the vetting expert. And that vetting was to prevent Antifa or journalists or cops to infiltrate. And believe it or not, it seems like that vetting worked because they avoided infiltration, I guess, by the enemy, right? But not by idiots. They need an idiot vetting bot, but that would clean out the whole tribe. So uh, (laughs) Hammer and Handsome Truth, they had been bragging that they were going to have 150 of their fellow Nazi chuds there, all wearing the red shirt, the black hood, the mask thing, and sunglasses. But get this, Andy, only 55 showed up for the rally. 55. 
Well, that's because like half of their organization is probably fed. <laughs> and it was on Labor Day weekend, right? So uh, the feds are off for work? Yeah, that, they were taking holiday. Okay. Well, get this. At the end of the day of that rally, a video of Hammer yelling it went viral. I know you saw it. Uh, oh. Rolling Stone ran his photo and video. Just about every major newspaper mentioned the rally. Every major TV network has something about it. There are stories published all over the world about these 55 Nazis, you know, how they were protesting something on a bridge in Florida. It wasn't really clear what they were protesting, right? No. Other than just showing their flags and colors of red uh, because they're the blood tribe. I was able to learn a lot more by listening to this live stream with Hammer and his, and his cultists uh, that talked about the event. <laughs> the day started off really poorly. Because get this, the first group of five chuds, they showed up at the uh, meetup spot like 20 minutes early, and it was in a residential neighborhood. So these five guys pile out of the car wearing red shirts and masks. And this is a like a neighborhood watch uh, committee called the police. So huh. before they even uh, started marching, the cops showed up. And then meanwhile, the other chuds were showing up. And Hammer thought they'd been infiltrated, but then they found out that it was the neighborhood watch that called the police. So they're like, <laughs> okay. And then they went into this uh, like nearby stand of woods uh, to practice some chants. And they uh, practiced uh, singing a song. Uh, do you know the song, By God We'll Have Our Home Again? Are you familiar with that song? No. I'm not familiar with Nazi anthems. Okay, but get this. This isn't a Nazi anthem. This sounds like a ballad, right? Like an old-time ballad. But it's actually fairly new. A favorite song of Proud Boys and Odinist. Huh. Uh, there's not a lot about this song, but this is a song they're rehearsing in the woods. When there's nothing left but the fire in my chest and the air that fills my lungs, I'll hold my tears and trade my ears for a glimpse at kingdom come on the other side of misery there's a world we long to see the strife we share will take us there to relief and sovereignty oh my god will spat and cursed the headline smack of another attack not the last and not the worst okay that was enough of that so that song just gives you a little bit of a taste of what the nazis were practicing in the woods uh before the march in orlando they were practicing sig heils and then they were singing that song Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, the uh, Nazis were not able to sing the song as planned, despite rehearsing it, because uh, <laughs> everywhere they walked, there was like loud passing traffic that, where they're on the bridge. So the cars going by made it so they couldn't sing. And honestly, I don't think they're coordinated enough to sing and walk at the same time. <laughs> but Hammer says he's planning on recording it. So we have that to look forward to. Oh, great. 
Yeah. And as for their marching, I'm going to offer a little bit of critique here. Andy, as you know, I was a sailor in the U.S. Coast Guard, which meant I went to boot camp, which means we learned how to march. How do you think I did as a marcher? I don't know, man. I, I haven't seen you march, so it's hard. To, it's hard to say. I'm not a good marcher myself, but uh, no. How'd you do? Initially, I was terrible. Okay, like I was always bouncing. Also, uh, you know, I was tall and gangly. So, especially in the early weeks of boot camp, right? I was like often what they call out of step, where you're like marching literally to the beat of a different drummer, right? Like yeah. everybody's right foot is forward and yours is left. But by the time I graduated boot camp, I was able to march. And keep time. I don't know if I could do it right now, but I am qualified, I think, to offer this appraisal of their marching. They sucked, okay? Like, many of the marchers, they didn't march. It was more like they were trudging, right? And sometimes, like, they'd have their hands in their pockets, which is like, totally, no, you don't march with it. One guy was picking his nose while he was marching. <laughs> They're scratching their balls, scratching their ass, right? A lot of them are out of step, like I'm saying, which is visually terrible. I mean, the impressive thing about marching is when people do things in sync, right? Yeah. It shows you working as a team. That's why we do it in the military. Jackboots. Exactly. But not even jackboots. Even if it's not jackboots, it's just yeah. to see that a group of people can be trained to do something and, and all look alike, which is important, I guess, in the military. Some of these dudes were overweight, okay? So they didn't look like they were you know, soldiers or whatever. And none of them have what I guess we call military bearing. According to Hammer... 200 yards into the march, one of the dudes started to puke from heat stroke. Like 200 yards into the march, <laughs> some guy's puking. And in terms of like the optics of the event and spreading a message, he didn't like choose the best place for the demonstration because it was like on this bridge with lots of passing traffic. It, it, you, know, you don't slow down on a bridge. Right. Yeah. The sidewalk on the bridge was only a couple chuds wide. <laughs> Not lots of room. The Nazis were always getting slapped in the face by the fluttering black swastika flags they were holding, which, uh, as I always like to mention, like the shirts, masks, and sunglasses are sold exclusively by Hammer. I got to say, again, as a veteran of the U.S. Coast Guard, the Nazis, they really don't follow orders very well because Hammer said there was a uniform and a dress code. They were supposed to wear long sleeve red shirts that was to cover tattooed arms because he didn't want anybody to get doxxed from their tattoos. <laughs> also required were masks that he sells. And when we talk about masks, these are actually more like black hoods and uh, the sunglasses and long pants. Not everybody complied. No. You know, some are wearing long sleeve shirts. Some are short sleeve shirts. Some are wearing shorts. Some are wearing jeans. Some are wearing khakis. I saw the shorts. Some shorts had logos on them. Like if you were a member of the Goyim Defense League, you had like the skull logo on them. If you had the Blood Tribe, you had like the Blood Tribe logo on the back. The Goyim Defense League had them on the front. Yeah, you know, it just didn't look uniform. Yeah. I understand why the dudes didn't do it because who wants to be wearing like a hood, log sleeves, and like jeans on a hot summer day in Florida, right? They'd be sweating their balls off. Eat rashes. They, yeah, they're putting the gold bond on, I'm sure, that night. No wonder the guy uh, puked, right? Heat exhaustion. You wear a mask, a hood like that, the heat doesn't vent out the top of your head. <laughs> Can you see the screen here? Yeah. So this is the live reporting from the bridge, and uh, you can see there uh, from the left, there's Handsome Truth, right? Uh, the guy with sunglasses on. And then in the middle is Hammer. You see him? What's he wearing? Can you tell what he's wearing? Looks like a leather vest. 
and he's got a, a, the necklace on. Can you see the necklace? Uh, is that a swastika? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, who is the rapper that used to wear like an alarm clock around his neck? Flavor Flav. Right? This is kind of like the Flavor Flav of the Nazis. <laughs> and then you see the guy with the fedora or cowboy hat, the sunglasses and that mask on. and, and With a tie. tie. <laughs> He's wearing the vest. He's the commander of uh, the Upper Northwest Blood Tribe, which is actually Wisconsin. And uh, spoiler alert, that's where the next march is three months from now. Unless you're like a man in 1945, I can't take you seriously if you're wearing a fedora. In 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. Oh, or a vest. Yeah, a vest. <laughs> a tie? That clashes with his red shirt. I mean, it just, yeah, it looks ridiculous. Right? Like nobody looks good there together. Some people are like long dress shirts. Some of them are wearing like what looks like a polo, Fred Perry. Some are t shirts. And then, of course, there's uh, Boneface. Can you see Boneface there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't miss that cretin. He just looks like a villain from Mad Max. You know, one of those guys <laughs> that's running on a chopped up, uh, you know, hot rod in the desert and then gets like dragged behind the vehicle or whatever, you know, an extra for Mad Max. Uh, I mean, his head is literally covered with tattoos. He's bald. His face, neck, head, skull, the back of his head, those are all prison tattoos. If you look around his neck there, that's the uh, hammer of Thor he's got there. Okay? Oh, okay. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, so he's an Odinist. Of course. And let me just hit play here and see what happens. Uh, Are you worried? No, Are you afraid? No, no, How could you uh, be yeah. so brave? Okay, so Hammer... It's like a WWF voice. Professional wrestling. That's what it feels <laughs> like. It's like just before the battle starts. I'm going to get you... <laughs> He's the heel. Maybe he's wrestling like Captain America or something like that, right? Well, some people have said that that uh, Boneface looks a lot like the Red Skull from Captain America. You know, the Nazi. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you know, Captain America was developed by the U.S. military, or whatever, to fight the Nazis, and so right. the big villain right. for them was was Red Skull. Captain America could punch him, and he just shrivel up he just crumple same thing with boneface we're going to talk about that okay well that's who i was referring to yeah right so i've known about boneface maybe a, a month month and a half but for people who haven't experienced boneface yet like i said he's you know covered in tattoos but it, you've got this kind of like really weird like sunken eye thing going on as well and you can't see in that photo uh but he is wearing his suspenders on along the side because he's a he's a skinhead okay and he's like giving passerbys the finger and you got hammers yelling and, and it's like kind of like pandemonium and then um handsome truth we're gonna watch a separate video here handsome truth uh is like talking to a reporter and then laura loomer shows up so andy you want to <laughs> do a quick explainer on who laura loomer is I wish Nathan was on here because Nathan ended up in a huge lawsuit with Laura Loomer years ago. Yeah, they have a long-standing battle. Laura Loomer basically became famous. As I remember the first time I saw her was when they did this, like, I think it was uh, Hamlet, maybe, or Macbeth. I can't remember. It was Shakespeare in the Park in New York City, and the king was played by Trump. It, was, it wasn't actually Trump, but somebody dressed up as Trump. You know how they do, like, modernize Shakespeare? And she just was like, I think she was, like, wearing a blonde wig, and she just ran into the audience screaming, like, Wah! and that became her shtick, just, like, running and yelling at people, like, you know, big liberals or whatever. And they, she calls it loomering. 
what time she uh, handcuffed herself to Twitter's doors? Because she got banned from Twitter. Yes. So people should look into Laura Loomer because she is wacky. Yeah. I mean, uh, Trump was actually considering um, appointing her to some position at one point or putting right. her on his campaign team. And his, and his people were like, no, please don't. She's radioactive. So Laura Loomer shows up. Okay. And uh, one of the chuds recognizes her. So they start uh, yelling and taunting her. But just before that, Hands of Truth is talking to a reporter. I'm going to play it from there. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at... Look who showed up! <laughs> oh my God! Lord! Okay, if you didn't get that, they called her Laura Jumer. Laura Jumer. And right? and are they trying to say that she's like uh like a man dressed as a woman or something? Well, that's one of the popular conspiracies among these guys is that uh she's actually a guy and they call her Larry Loomer. Okay, uh-huh. but that's not actually what's going on. And I learned this only from uh listening to the live stream, according to Hammer. That faggot chant was invented by NSC 131. The faggot chant, it is amazing. We got that from NSC 131. I highly recommend everybody do the faggot chant. Every march you do, when somebody walks up and starts talking shit, just hit them with faggot, faggot, faggot. And after you do it a few times, all the boys just, uh, they do it instinctively. It's amazing. So he says, this is how NSC-131 shuts people up by yelling faggot at them. I think a lot of people learn that maybe fourth grade, fifth grade. Right. But if it's 20 guys in mask yelling it at you, you're probably going to move along. Oh, yeah. Just a quick reminder, Andy, for the listener, NSC-131. National Social Club, the guys who do all the flash mobs around Maine, Augusta, Portland, and Lewiston uh, with Hammer. They're, They're some baddies. Just really terrible people. Okay, but let's go back to the rally. Okay, so after leaving the bridge, they marched to what looked like an industrial park, okay? And they did, like, a bunch of Roman salutes and Sig Heil. Very sloppy. There was a guy, like, literally had both hands in his pockets. Looks like he was actually... Playing pocket pool. <laughs> pocket pool, that's what it's called. He was playing pocket pool on camera. Journalists followed them, uh, but oddly enough, the Nazis were never confronted by any counter protesters. I mean, there were like occasional people who like walked by them or whatever, but there was no counter protest because they were doing this on the fly. Right. They'd actually planned to do it in one place and then they changed. And the reason why they were shifting locations is because they didn't want a repeat of Charlottesville, right? Unite the right where they were vastly outnumbered by the normies. Right. So blood drive and hammer thought the March was a success because nobody was arrested or nobody was hurt. Okay, and we're going to hear from one of the marchers uh, in a second here to give his perspective. Um, And this, again, came from the live stream where it was kind of like this debriefing and recapping of the event. And it's weird that it was public uh, because they were really like sharing all sorts of information. It was very bizarre. I feel like sometimes they forget that people listen in on their conversations. But this dude's name is Gladiator, and uh, he's explaining how he thought the march went. But just us running through the chants and the song once in about four minutes total, and us just being spot on the whole entire time, uh, freaking that dude out on the on that one bridge. I walked past him, 
And he's like, watch out. Instinctively, I wanted to headbutt him, but I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I kept on walking, and then he got sorted out, just told to get. get. And just like we were, we were a unit. We were all on time. Like we were absolutely synchronized. It was a great time holding the flag high. Uh, nobody being scared. Nobody pissing themselves or nothing. Uh, we just we put on a show for everybody. Nobody pissing themselves or nothing. Not this time. <laughs> That's a sign of a good march when you don't urinate all over your piss. <laughs> Couple pukers. Thoughts on that guy? Uh, you know, he wanted to headbutt a guy on on the bridge. I mean, sounds like a violent individual. All these guys are violent individuals. I mean, they would love to do that, but they know the minute they do that, they're they're busted, and that's it. You know, they're going going to prison or whatever. And you see this often with NSC one thirty one, where people confront them and stuff like that, and it's really kind of a standoff. Nazis really want to be assaulted, right? Right. So they can have an excuse to fight back or to press charges against people. That seems to be their strategy these yeah, days. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that in a future episode. This guy's name, his code name was Gladiator, okay? So <laughs> I don't know a lot about Gladiator uh, because the uh, code names are obviously protecting uh, the individual's identity. Except that Gladiator was the winner of the pool wrestling tournament at the after party later that night. Uh, Andy, are you much of a pool wrestler? No, I, I'm i not even sure. Do they just all jump in a pool and start wrestling? Let me set the scene of the after party for you, okay? It took place at an Airbnb, a mansion, they called it, with a private pool, and it allows pets, somewhere in Florida. I, I don't know exactly how many guys there were, but guess how many women were there? Zero. Yes, zero. <laughs> Despite Hammer beforehand was talking that Nazi women would be able to participate in the march by driving the marchers to the location <laughs> and preparing food for the after party. <laughs> but apparently no neo-Nazi chicks took them up on the offer to drive and cook for the chuds. <laughs> okay, but we know there was at least a couple dozen dudes there, at least, okay? And for most of the party, cell phones were banned. I'm going to return to that in a second which uh, made the chuds feel safe because I cannot stress this enough. Most of these chuds are deathly afraid of being exposed as Nazis, right? So the party being electronics free allowed them to relax and, and this is a quote, bind with the bros, not bond, bind with the bros. And we'll get back to that. Like literally? Well, uh, uh, you know, this is just a term they use. It's kind of like a, um, a pagan term, right? Oh, but it's okay. going to come back with the blood oath. So they're like, uh, I'll, you know, they're going to bond. We would say bond while drinking and hanging out and wrestling other dudes in the pool area. Okay, so let's go back to the pool wrestling. <laughs> Initially, months ago, when Hammer talked about the after party, he said the place they were renting was this mansion, so they were going to be able to hold a fight club type event in the basement. What are your thoughts on a Nazi fight club? Worst party ever. Like, seriously. <laughs> Jeez, where are all the women? <laughs> right? We're just going to beat the shit out of each other in the basement. But it turns out the fight club didn't happen. Fight club turned out to be some sort of pool wrestling. Again, I want you to visualize this, Andy, with me here. Imagine a small floating platform in the middle of the pool, and there are two chuds standing on the platform. And they're clad only in swim trunks and you know covered in bad tattoos. And they're drunk and they're high after a day of marching with their bros. 
and they're standing on that float, right? And then someone yells, fight! And then the two go at it. You know, they wrestle. They grab, they push, they they hug. You know, they're tight in a wet embrace, skin on skin, until one of them can't stand it anymore and falls off or is thrown off the float and then declared the loser. All right? Apparently, that dude Gladiator won the pool wrestling He's the pool wrestling champ. Sounds like a totally normal thing for a bunch of dudes to do on a Saturday night in Florida. It, well, it it does actually, but <laughs> <laughs> bunch of dudes in Florida, sure, that checks out. Okay, well, that's why I never go to Florida. All right, so we may view this as bonding, right? I'm talking about male bonding. They talk about that a lot. What they're talking about is finding kinship with other guys that are, you know, Nazis, where they don't have to censor themselves. So it's like really really an empowering place for these Nazis to be at this party. Oh, yeah. I know, Andy, you've seen several of the videos of the Blood Tribe's blood oath, the ceremonies, <laughs> right? Okay, content warning. For the next couple of minutes, we're going to talk about what? Chuds trying to cut themselves on a dull spear in order to bleed. Okay, so if you, if you don't, if you're that bothers you, skip the next couple of minutes. Because when they do eventually get blood off the dull spear, they're told to rub the blood, and this is a quote, on the shaft, okay, of the spear. Oh, okay. And then I quote again, bind themselves to the bros of the past and the bros of the future. So you cut yourself, you rub the blood on the shaft, and then you are binded to the bros of the past and future, okay? That sounds hot. <laughs> well, remember, you've seen these videos every single time the Chud struggles to cut his palm, right, in order to get the blood. <laughs> I've seen about two dozen of these blood oaths, and some of them are very difficult to watch because the dudes, like, are basically sawing their palms. And the longer it takes to get through the palm, the more frustrated <laughs> they get, and they're still not breaking skin, right? About 99% of the time, Hammer has to help them get the blood out by squeezing this, like, wound to coax, you know, the blood to the <laughs> surface. So all that being said, I'm going to show you a video right now, Andy, uh, posted late night of the party. Uh, it was a drunken party because you can hear it in his voice. Basically, what we're just going to look at real quick here is a super cut of the cutting because 15 bros were inducted into the blood tribe that night. 15. And all but one of them struggled to draw blood and every time hammer barehanded squeezed the blood out every single time he squeezed it out like he was massaging their hand and then told the bro to smear it on the shaft and as the film progresses hammer is just getting drunker and drunker and drunker and like the ceremony is not as smooth so just stand by here I thought he was straight edge now. Well, he has supposedly quit steroids, drinking, and drugs, but I haven't seen any sign <laughs> of that whatsoever. We're going to pass the shaft to you here. Take the, take the spear. Cut yourself on the spear blade there. Produce some blood. When you have shown us some blood here, We'll see the blood, and then you will put it on the shaft, which all the bros have... Wow, uh, this is really weird. I think it's weird that he squeezes their hand like that, isn't it? Is it slightly homoerotic? I don't know. It is. He's kind of stroking it and, yeah. and yeah, massaging it, trying and to get that blood out. Coaxing the blood out. Well, you know, 
I've never taken a blood oath. Have you ever taken a blood oath? I've never taken a blood oath, but if you look at that spear, how dull it is. I mean, you'd think he would have learned after all of these videos we've seen of him trying to get blood out of people's hands with that dull spear. It seems that it's dull on purpose, so he can do his little massage trick. <laughs> I just prick my fingertip like the mobsters do, right? Like, I mean, don't any of these chums know any diabetics? <laughs> also, and this is a serious thing, Hammer is a tattooist. That's how he makes his living, giving illegal tattoos. So he should be knowledgeable about bloodborne pathogens. Yeah. So many nasty things transmitted that way. So you think the main CDC would want to put out like a warning, which they've done about other illegal tattooists. Yeah. In years past, they put out warnings saying, stay away from this person. I don't know why the main CDC hasn't said Hammer is a disease vector and he's unlicensed to tattoo and a public health menace. You know, I've been reaching out since March. Oh, yeah. And particularly like bone face. I mean, Jesus Christ, his blood probably will melt your face off. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what kind of shit that guy's injecting? Well, as you'll find out, it might get you high. Uh, Before we get to bone face, though, any final thoughts on that party? I just think it looks like a horrible, horrible party. I would not want to go there. The last thing I think I would want to be is a place where a, with a bunch of Nazis like getting drunk and and wrestling, and then uh, and then stabbing themselves and with the stab- tub and rubbing yeah. their blood into the spear together. <laughs> I wonder if the Airbnb has like a camera in there. That would've been so cool if they had like one of those hidden cameras filming all that. I think these guys watch a lot of movies, you know, like they think that they're doing some primal thing, you know, that men warriors are supposed to do whatever. It's all a LARP. I mean, it really is. Well, I know they must have watched American History X because, you know, you've seen American History X and he's he's shirtless and he has the swastika tattoo on his chest, right? That's the same place that Hammer has it and Boneface has it and many others. I've seen it many places. (laughs) They were inspired by an anti-Nazi movie to put the swastika on their chest. It's sad. They can't find any positive uh, representation in any movie, so they have to go to, like, American History X. <laughs> okay, well, that blood oath, I guess it was an orgy. Um, it perfectly leads into the next topic, because earlier the night of the after party, okay, this is before Hammer got drunk and handled the blood of 15 Juds, um, there was a more solemn ceremony with Hammer, the spear, and the fella that goes by the name of Boneface. So Boneface, you know, he took the blood tribe oath and he sawed his paw with the dull spear in order to bleed just a little. And then Hammer squeezed the blood out of him. Like a drop. A small drop. And then, Andy, I know I told you and Nathan a part of the story during our podcast barbecue last weekend. But now that the judicial deliberations are complete, I can tell you the entire weird saga of Boneface, the con artist who duped Hammer and a bunch of other Nazis into believing he'd fought in Ukraine with the Azov Brigade, killing Russian soldiers and being airlifted to safety after a siege, only to be targeted for murder by Russian secret agents. (laughs) That's the story. How much of that does that pan out? Okay, well, guess what? Zero. None of it at all. And this is a very bizarre tale and a very bizarre kind of public unfolding and collapse of a grift of a con man who happens to be a neo-Nazi, right? He bragged of like these heroic battles in Ukraine. He's never been to Ukraine. He claims 
and was interviewed by RT Russia Today, the propaganda unit of Russia, that he was sent to fight in Ukraine with the Azov Brigade by the CIA. And we're going to get back to that in a second. So he's willing to be used as propaganda for the Russian government. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why he was on there, right? Like, oh, look at all these Nazis from America coming to fight with Ex- Russia. Exactly. Fulfilling the false narrative that they're pushing, right? I mean, the reality is he's a small-time hustler, okay? He uses meth, he deals meth and other drugs, and we'll get back to that. I mean, the dude is a liar through and through. His his so-called proof is so poorly photoshopped, it looks like a really dumb kid did it. Yeah, it does. Okay, <laughs> make me an ID, dummy, and this is what you come up with. It's so, it's so <laughs> obviously fake. I'm shocked that the chuds let him into their chud club, right? That's why I was wondering about their vetting. Like, apparently they don't know how to use Google either. Right, or background checks. But the guy who runs the vetting process, he uh, uh, is actually testifying during the trial of Boneface, which we'll get to in a second. He claims he's done all this stuff. Obviously, he doesn't know how to do anything because... And this goes for myself on the things that are outside of Ukraine. When I'm looking at records and documents, it's very difficult for me to come to a 100% or even a 80% firm conclusion one way or the other. <laughs> you should have known from the first page of Google results and the number of arrests that he had and claims that he snitched in 2012, snitched to FBI agents on a group of fellow Nazis that were uh, <laughs> planning an insurrection in northern Florida in a swamp. They had like this uh, s- swamp hideout with like dozens and dozens of like fully automatic machine guns. The Nazis wouldn't let Boneface touch the guns because he was a felon. So the Nazis wouldn't let Boneface touch the guns. Um, but he ratted on them. Okay, that's it, oh, yeah, it's in print. <laughs> We've got the receipts, as the kids say, okay? So Boneface, he first appeared on my radar, probably in early August, somewhere around there, when Hammer started posting about this neo-Nazi named Boneface who is further inspiring Hammer on his quest to fight in Ukraine, which you and I discussed, right? He was going to bring members of his blood tribe to Ukraine to fight on behalf of the Nazis fighting in Ukraine to gain experience and potentially weapons that they'd bring back to the United States to fight the eventual race war that they believe is inevitable. That's what his goal was. And he was like inspired by Boneface saying, hey, look, here's another neo-Nazi from America and who went over there and did all this stuff. And you look at Boneface, right? Covered in tattoos, head covered in tattoos. He's a little guy, very scrawny. Doesn't look like a fighter whatsoever. No. You'd remember him, though, right? If you, like, bumped into him, right? <laughs> yeah. He looks insane. I mean, yeah. Covered in, covered in tattoos. He looks he looks uh, scary, uh, you know, if you didn't know him. He, just, he looks like a weapon. Well, I think even if you did know him, he's still scary. Nobody in Ukraine has ever met this dude. There's been all sorts of uh, outreach, okay? And I don't want to spend a lot of time on what he claimed. First of all, this is a clear case of stolen valor. I think you know stolen valor pisses me off. Oh, yeah. Stolen valor, for the listeners who've never heard the term, you're lucky. But it's when someone claims to have served in the military, usually in a war, 
showing off fake ribbons and medals, you know, bragging, making themselves look like a hero. I just hate that. I, I just hate it. Or I was deployed with the Navy SEALs like Ron DeSantis. <laughs> right. And he was like a friggin' lawyer. Well, you can watch many stolen Valor videos on YouTube. They're usually like confrontations like in Walmart parking lots where like some guy who's like weird looking has on a uniform that he's obviously not supposed to be wearing. Those are the best ones. <laughs> I love them. But in the case of Boneface, it's even more bizarre because he's stealing valor from a country that he's not even connected to in any way. <laughs> right. I mean, he has zero connection to Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. But here's the biggest rub. Remember Laura Loomer was on the bridge. When Laura Loomer got home, she did a deep dive on Boneface and was convinced that his photoshopped online proof was real. And she was convinced that Boneface's interview with RT Russia today where he claimed the CIA sent him to Ukraine. She believed that was more proof that Biden and Obama and the Democrats support neo-Nazis and send them to Ukraine to fight alongside other Nazis in order to beat the Russians and Putin. First of all, Laura Loomer has millions of followers and they retweet and all this other stuff. But Andy, what about your thoughts on the division in the far right on whether they support Russia or Ukraine in the war? Are you, you follow that at all? Well, yeah, I mean, I had it really before you had uh, you, you had mentioned how Hammer was uh, thinking about going to Ukraine because, you know, most of the sort of MAGA right, uh, the the Trump supporters, Republicans and even kind of the alt-right fringes, of the Proud Boys, they're all uh, following the Loomer line that the Ukrainians are a bunch of Nazis. Putin is good and we shouldn't support Ukraine and all this other stuff. There seems to be some kind of division among the nazis about this well it's not a division among the nazis it's a division among the right wing okay if you're like right wing non-nazi you're for putin if you're a nazi you're for ukraine because two narratives one is azov battalion or brigade is nazi which is not true it's been purged of that it's not a, it's like part of the national guard you can find all sorts of information about that that's all bogus if there was any ties to the far right, those have been, they were used as cannon fodder, right? So there's that narrative. But also there's a narrative that Putin imprisoned and killed like 5,000 Nazis in Russia. So that's one of the motivating factors for Nazis not to like Putin right. is because he killed. Anyways. I just didn't know if they were divided among the Nazis, like they're pro-Putin Nazis. There are a handful of them. And guess what kind they are? They're the Orthodox Christian Nazis. Okay, so if we look at the Nazis, you have the Norse Nazis, you know, the pagan Nazis like Hammer, yeah. which is only right. half of the pagan community. Not all pagans are Nazis, but half of the Nazis are pagans, if you, if you can follow that. Yeah. And then the Christian Orthodox or Orthodox Christian or Russian Orthodox, very similar to our trad cats, right? Trad Catholics and yeah. sharing things with uh, evangelicals like hatred for the lgbtq community uh things like that so there are some nazis who say uh they support putin and then there's a third camp if we really want to get specific there's a third camp who says the whole thing's a war that the jews are staging to have whites fight white uh some nazis will claim that russians aren't white wow it's crazy but back to laura luma okay so she has this really big Twitter following. So she blasts the news. Boneface is a CIA operative, all this other shit, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, Alex Jones picks it up, and he starts singing the same exact 
song. He does this like big Infowars segment with Hammer and Boneface on the screen behind him. Okay. And he says, This new group they've got, absolute Hollywood, ridiculous demon devil outfits they wear. I mean, they're basically wearing red pajamas, these red and black outfits with huge swastikas, saying the most ridiculous crap. And then I spent an hour researching him, and oh, this that one guy's a CIA operative in Ukraine and a, and a captain, and then another guy is a known, you know, connected to the CIA, and then another guy, and a whole bunch of them are, are, are convicts. And I knew it as soon as I saw him. I said, I bet they got training camps set up. I bet they got massive funding, and that's where they're getting the lunatics in that are going to be the ones that go after Trump slash Biden. And sure as hell, they got training camps in Maine. <laughs> also, guess who else had Laura Loomer and her crazy story on for an hour was none other than rat fucker Roger Stone. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Here's your host, Roger Stone. <laughs> I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. This may be the most significant episode of the Stone Zone program since uh, its inception. Joining me now is independent investigative journalist Laura Loomer, who I believe is in the middle of breaking the biggest and most significant story of her career. Laura Loomer, welcome to the Stone Zone. Thanks for having me, Roger. Uh, boy, when you told me you weren't eating, you've lost a lot of weight. You weren't kidding. Yeah. Ben, you, when you're when you're working for four days in a row and <laughs> breaking stories, you sometimes forget to eat and sleep. But well, it's good for your image, I guess. You have an extraordinary uh, story to tell, mm -hmm. which seems to have begun when you just happened to be in Orlando, Florida, at the same time as a neo-Nazi demonstration. Uh, why don't you, uh, I'm going to sit back here and let you lay the shocking facts out for the American people. Okay. Yeah. And again, too bad Nathan's not here because one of his favorites, Scott Adams, the Dilbert dude. Oh, yeah. You were a fan of Dilbert back in the day, weren't you? I was never a fan of Dilbert. I always thought it sucked. But Scott Adams, man, I didn't even, I thought like 500 people listened to that podcast. He dissed the whole Nazi thing as a false flag, basically. Course. And then also, I don't know if you know Stu Peters. He's like an anti-vax loony. Yeah, I see him a lot being shared on Twitter. Uh, he started talking about it. And then guess who else shared multiple versions of Loomer's bonehead. I'm sorry, boners. Uh, no, I got Loomer's bone boners. face. Bonehead. I can just call them bonehead. So guess who shared <laughs> multiple versions of Loomer's bone face posts? Jordan Peterson. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you a gendered hint with her cult. Christian Northrup. Christian Northrup. Ah! Several times. Yes. <laughs> Multiple versions. Of course. Yes. And of course, this uh, like furthers the far right's anti-Ukrainian sentiment and like more about the uh, worship of Putin. And, you know, Putin's just a terrible, 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 terrible dictator. I can't believe these people embrace him so much, but we know they're fascist. Yeah. Okay, so Andy, some thoughts on the snowball effect of this, right? Uh, impact of Boneface getting loomered. What's what's that? 
it kind of fell right into that whole right wing narrative that we hear about Ukraine. Because forever, I'd constantly hear my Republican friends being like, oh, so uh, if you support Ukraine, you support Nazis. Oh, so you're a Nazi, you know? I mean, this was like served to them on a silver platter. <laughs> you hear these two goofballs. Uh, one of them wants to go to Ukraine, and one of them claims that he fought with the Azov uh, battalion in Ukraine. Uh, so it's just it was made. I'm surprised it's not been on Fox. Oh, yet. I'm sure it has been. Uh, I'm sure it has. I haven't yeah. looked. I don't care. I, I went to many. I'm exhausted. OK, first of all, from <laughs> typing Boneface into the search engine every five minutes. <laughs> but once Boneface and the hammer went viral, especially the night of the after party, Saturday night, while they were partying and cutting themselves with the dull spear, all sorts of stuff about Boneface started getting out. Like, all these online sleuths started looking at him saying, what? Huh? Pointing out holes in the story that are big enough to drive a tank through. Doesn't pass a straight face test at all. So then on Sunday uh, late morning, the day after the march, when this stuff started coming out, like, Hammer uh, gets up uh, hungover and he freaks out because he's seeing all this evidence, like the stuff about uh, the CIA, the stuff about uh, ratting on the, the other Nazis. He immediately just stabbed Boneface in the back, said he was a bad man, no longer a member of the Blood Tribe. He disappeared the Blood Oath video, but I'm luckily I scraped it. I am the only one that has the Blood Oath of Boneface video. Collector's item. I should sell it as an NFT. <laughs> So he goes back on Telegram. He starts dissing Boneface left and right, saying he wasn't part of the cult anymore. And he told the other cult members that, you know, you can forget about being binded to Boneface. You're released of the oath, right? So I thought it was over. I thought, oh, hammer the leader. You know, he'd acted decisively, right? I mean, that's what, actually what I think would be a good thing. You've been duped. Come forward. Say you were duped. Yeah. And excommunicate Boneface. That's a sign of strong leadership, actually, right? Like, don't equivocate, say, oh, we have to hear his side of this, when it's obviously a dummy made the uh, fake documents. <laughs> but then the next morning, all those tough words from Sunday afternoon, he removed all those. He he scrubbed all his rants about uh, Boneface, and then he made a new announcement that there would be a trial of Boneface, where he would be confronted with evidence, and he would have to respond to allegations that he was this fraud and liar and snitch. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go into the entire uh, trial because it unfolded over two nights, uh, two and a half hours each time. Boneface showed up only for the first trial, but not the second. Believe me, Boneface is ready to rock out tonight, doggy. <laughs> and while I said two and a half hours, five hours of testimony, because they used Telegram, which is such an awful platform, it was only about four hours after all the tech problems. Seriously, it was like, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And interestingly, in the first episode when Boneface showed up, and he claims to be like a hacker and all this other stuff, like who publicly claims to be a hacker? Oh yeah, I'm a hacker, right? <laughs> Every single time he got like a confrontational question, and I noticed this in an earlier podcast too, his signal would go out. <laughs> his on the video, his mouth would still be moving, but you wouldn't hear anything. It was like he was like mouthing the words, like "oh," and then he would disconnect. And they're like, "Oh, seems like we lost Boneface. He'll be back in a couple minutes." And then a couple minutes, they'd come back, and they would have forgotten to ask him the question again. <laughs> My impressions 
he seems like a pretty good dude. And here's Hammer's take on the trial of Boneface. Like I said before, I have been tricked. I have been conned by people before, and I have been made believe that they were good dudes when they were not. I readily admit that. But if this story is true, I don't want Boneface to be treated like a liar in this situation. And I hope, I hope if we can 100% vindicate his story on Ukraine, that the, the individuals that have been slandering him for stolen valor will retract their slander and apologize. <laughs> now, the last... Uh, problem here is the issue with uh, potentially being a rat with America Front. Do you want to go ahead and discuss that a little bit? Okay, here's Hammer and Boneface, and they're taking another oath. FYI, uh, Boneface sometimes refers to himself in the third person. Okay, let's be a thousand percent real on the America hey, Front. Hey, wait, hey, Boneface, hey, Boneface, one second. One second. You... I just want to get this out too. You made a an oath on your blood to the bros that have also made that oath. The, the blood of your ancestors. This is something I take very seriously. Do Correct. you swear? Do you do you swear to uh, tell the truth based upon that oath that you made on the? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, very I do. Well, very well, carry on. First of all, one, was the informant of the American front, not Boneface. Boneface had nothing to do as far as law enforcement reporting on the American front. However, we're going to go into a totally different form of thing here, the prosecution of the American front. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a motherfucking goddamn saint, but Boneface said some things he shouldn't have fucking got him said. That's the truth. Wow. All right, so here's some highlights, though, of the trial. So none of the blood tribe can speak Ukrainian, okay? But the wife of a supporter could, which is very funny because women are not respected in the blood tribe, okay? There's not like a woman's auxiliary of the blood tribe. Not even an auxiliary. Even the clan had a women's auxiliary. Anyway, so they put this Ukrainian woman on the phone with Boneface, and Andy instantly, it became obvious he couldn't speak a word of Ukrainian. Wow. I mean, he even mispronounces Ukraine. For a while, the dude from the Blood Tribe, that guy Cracker, who who had, who had supposedly vetted him, he was defending Boneface and getting pissed at people who were, like, questioning anything. Uh, his rap sheet, right, of his arrests, time in prison, court appearances conflicted with the dates that he claimed to be in Ukraine. Like, he'd been arrested and was, you know, uh, then claiming to be in a battle like three days later. And I guess the judge just kind of wanted to believe him. Of course they did. I mean, if Boneface can go to Ukraine and kill Russians on behalf of Hitler, I can go, right? It's like, he's an inspiration. Yeah. Like I said, before the trial even started, I knew this was all fake, because I think I sent you that, the uh, the selfie bonehead uh, taken on Twitter. A boneface. I keep on calling them bonehead. Uh, well, they are boneheads and Nazi skinheads. That's what we call them. I sent you that one a while back. The selfie where uh, he has he's taking a picture in the mirror with and he's holding like a very crude forgery of an Azov 
brigade ID card. Yes, yes, clearly photoshopped. And also, why are you taking a selfie with that? Like I said, I mean, I was in the Coast Guard back in the 80s when we didn't have lots of cameras around, and I still have a shoebox filled with pictures of me and the fellas doing stuff, right? Like yeah, either yeah. Coast Guard stuff or going and partying. I mean, a bunch of them. And all he's got is this selfie of him holding this you know, so-called official ID. And I just looked at it uh, graphic design-wise, right? And the color, spacing, lines, everything. Dramatically different than other so-called official IDs, which you don't even know if they are official IDs because the Russians have been making fake IDs of Azov Brigade. And then, so like if he Googled Azov Brigade ID, like I did, he would find the thing that he copied basically, but did it with like... he used the Vista print software online or something like that. <laughs> There's another set of official looking papers, kind of like uh, allegedly a Ukrainian passport of some sort and phone faces name. Now that's was my thing is like, wouldn't he have a passport, a U.S. passport that showed he went over to Ukraine or wouldn't he have like airline tickets that showed he flew back and forth yeah. from Ukraine? None of that. None of that. Right. So I'm going to show you this thing, Andy. This is like, very very funny version of his fakery so on uh like the day of the trial just before they started the actual like uh live stream he sends this image to the rest of the guys i don't know if you can see that very clearly there in this shot here i'm going to zoom in on it it's a bureau oh there's a syringe underneath (laughs) there's a syringe uh, underneath the photo (laughs) On the bureau, it almost looks like it's just like he didn't see that there's a syringe. Oh God! And then look at what it's—I it's, don't know if that's a VCR or maybe it's a stereo system it's sitting on, and it's got a framed this alleged passport from Ukraine and that fake ID. That looks so fake. He looks like he did that with construction paper, lime green construction paper that you buy at like the grocery store. <laughs> Do you see that other thing with the the photo and the official? The white background. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to bring you to another photo here. It's a it's a better version of it. Can you see that real tight there? Mm-hmm. Where the stamp is on the photo, he placed the photo is over the stamp, and with a blue magic marker, he drew the rest of the stamp. Oh my! Right? Can you see that? <laughs> that looks ridiculous. Yeah. So some of the sleuths found the OG passport that he stole. Right. And you can see it there. It's some other guy. Yeah. He just stole the passport. And then when he made his copy of it, which is only for online purposes only, right? Because he's not showing it to anybody. Right. But when you look close at it, you see, it's like a, a, a Sharpie drawn with a blue Sharpie. Come on, guys. Where's the guy supposedly vetting this? Right. But the deceit that he had was more than just a printed material. This is a content warning for you, Andy, because I'm not going to share this with people. But I just kind of want to show something here. This is a slight, a, a very disturbing video he shared, okay? And it was supposedly filmed by Boneface. And this footage is from Ukraine of a dude who's on fire on a bridge, like walking towards Boneface's car on fire. And you can hear Boneface and his buddy talking in the background. Jesus fucking Christ. Is that from a horror movie or something? Go back, go back, go back, go back. So you see the guy's on fire. Some guy says, what do I do? And Boneface says, back up, back up. 
basically. It's just walking slowly on fire. It's like a zombie. The sluice looked into this, and you can find any video copy online, right? So guess what? Not only was this not Ukraine, it's from Malaysia, okay? And the video is many years old. Oh. Boneface just stole it and added his voice to it. <laughs> he just stole some video of a guy on fire and then claims as from Ukraine. You know, there's nothing in there. It's dark. You can't tell that it's uh, where it is. It could be anywhere. Wow. But the thing is, some of the charges they kept on saying, uh, you know, CIA was still involved. Somebody had to help Boneface forge such clever fakes. The brain trust getting together. <laughs> but it was funny watching the progression or hearing the progression as the... I, I listened to all this. This is what I do for you, Andy, and listeners, okay? I listened to all four and a half hours of this, and you can hear the con breaking down and more people going, huh. <laughs> And eventually, the narrative shifted to these were fakes, they were bad fakes, and that if the government was involved, the fakes would have been better, and if the government was involved, they would have sent a normal-looking guy, not this guy with head tattoos. <laughs> eventually, even the dumbest Nazi finally realized that Boneface was a liar. During phase two of the trial, Boneface didn't even show up. He knew he was screwed after the first one, right? So his guilt was ascertained, you know, in the trial. I mean, so quickly. It was crazy how quickly the evidence showed, but just kept on going on and on. And the more and more evidence, they just took apart everything. Yeah. Eventually, Hammer told the rest of the blood tribe, that's it, even before the vote, because they had a vote. And we're going to look to see what the final vote is right now, live. That didn't matter what the vote was. The evidence was enough to convince Hammer that everything Boneface said was a lie, that nothing was true. So he's excommunicated from the blood tribe. And Boneface was now cursed forever. Wow. And that all of the blood tribe will know that he's devious bro and Hammer null and voided his blood oath. Aww. So it was actually about nine days after he took the blood oath that it was null and voided, even though theoretically he voided it the day after when he had his little fit. Hammer claims that Boneface wasn't actually a full member because you have to do two actions with the uh. blood tribe and he only did one. But come on, that doesn't pass a straight face test, right? To become a full member is the actual completion of the oath. You don't take an oath until you're a made man. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, they waived his two-action requirement, and I can't even believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> this is, so anyways, in terms of the impact, the overall impact of this, I'm not thinking that it helps Hammer get new members to the Blood Tribe, right? No. I think he looks like an idiot. In fact, I went to some of the like weirdest places on the internet. I went to 4chan. I went to Gab. And I got to say, all the non-Blood Tribe Nazis, unanimously, they're, he, they're mocking him and ridiculing him. And like they're making fun of him for falling for the con job. Yeah. And they also mocked the public trial of Boneface. They're like, why would you even... Why would you even do this publicly, right? So I, <laughs> just totally embarrassed themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're just showing in in great detail how you guys are idiots on so many levels. But the truth is, the alleged neo Nazis in Ukraine—that story is now loomered. Yeah, because she continues to spread the same lies. 
And I think the far right in the GOP, like you said, will ignore this debunking. They'll continue to right. claim that the Ukrainians support Nazis and the Democrats support Nazis. I mean, already I've seen it. Russian propagandists like RT have amplified Laura Loomer's story like a million times. And you're going to love this. A recent story I read links to the main wire story written by Steve Robinson of the main wire claiming that Hammer and his business partner that bought the land in Maine were Democrats. Uh, so like Russian propaganda is quoting Steve Robinson as an expert. He's probably happier than a pig and shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, here's another cut I want you to uh, listen to. Hammer says he hopes to continue to spread that disinfo, like hail Biden. He'll say that to anybody who will listen, but that's the game plan. It's funny. The first person that saw us uh, yelled out of his truck, how much is the DNC paying you? And just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! I'm going. I'm running with the Democrats thing again uh, for as long as possible. Make the Democrat Party great again, bro. The racism shift is happening once again. Racism is returning to the Democrats. The glory of the history of the Democrat Party. We are the slave owners. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What do you think about him claiming to be like supporting Democrats? It's just, uh, I mean, I've seen them do this kind of stuff. They they love prank, you know, doing that kind of bullshit to try to spread disinformation and stuff. These guys are grifters. I, I think this whole story just shows how poor their OPSEC is and how easily infiltrated they are. I mean, can you imagine how many people on that call were just like federal informants and rats? Well, I don't know, okay, because get this. I mean, I hate to say this because it makes me look like some loser, but like most people don't have five hours to spend on listening to the show. That's true. Um, I'm listening to it while I'm doing other things, but it's a big commitment of time, and the numbers were not that big during the actual trial and in order to contribute to the trial you have to be on telegram so there was numbers there at the time of the trial there was maybe 45 to 50 people participating now there are many more on odyssey and BitChute and everything else but in terms of uh whether or not they actually believe anybody believes him there was actual poll on hammer's page after the Boneface Trial Part 2, they took a, a poll and there's 1,171 votes and 90% said thumbs down on Boneface and 10% said thumbs up. I want I want to reveal something here. So 1,170 votes because I voted. I said yes. I said a thumbs up. I <laughs> Just to mess with the, the numbers a little bit and make them think. Okay. The other thing about uh, listening to that live stream was that yeah, Hammer reveals some future stuff and some more details about this one that I think are uh, interesting. He claims that on average, each guy spent a thousand bucks on getting to Florida. And then one guy from California claimed to have spent three grand, right? So that's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to spend three grand every month flying to a different region of the states to hold a march. Wow. Well, he tried to kind of like almost parse it like he was like a uh, economic development guy or like chamber of commerce. Look, the blood tribe spent $55,000 to get this <laughs> event going. Right. And we contributed uh, X number of dollars to the local economy through our purchase of goods and services. Exactly. Right. But <laughs> 
and that number shows a couple things to me. One, it shows that this is not sustainable because Chuds don't have thousands of dollars to throw around on this. Like this was like a getaway for most of these guys. They all said that. Each one of them talked about how great this was, the best weekend of their life. He had them go through it. And the chat that they had, he's like, okay, uh, how do you feel about Gladiator? Gladiator, so this is the best weekend of my life. You know, better than anything I've ever done in my life. The best, you know, like, oh my goodness. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Every single one of them said that. They had very little complaints. That's so sad. The occasional complaint was about the marching, that some guys uh, didn't march well enough. There's a discussion of how often they're going to do this, and Hammer says he'd like to do it every two months. Well, that's not going to happen, but it was final uh, consensus of every three months. <laughs> but I do know that the Wisconsin March, that's next. And the Wisconsin fellows, they got led by the guy with the fedora on. That's the leader of the Wisconsin Blood Tribe. In that video, you didn't like his hat and tie combo. Well, because he's now Blood Tribe, Wisconsin has been selected as the next location uh, for the event. It's called Blood on the Snow. And it's three months from now, so that would be October, November. December 1st, they're going to have an event somewhere in Wisconsin, blood on the snow. And, and I know you like the uh, Hammer's obsession with uniforms, Andy. Apparently, this blood on the snow march is where the new uniforms will be unveiled. Ooh. New, new uniforms include new leather vests, just like the one Hammer was wearing, uh, and I'm assuming selling. It's a black leather vest. And so they're going to look real cool with a red shirt, possibly a necktie. But to uh, make it even cooler, there will be patches on the vest, provided they pass certain tests. He only uh, has two patches, though. If you have a patch on the back, it means, and I'm not kidding here, okay? If you have a patch on the back of your vest, it means you can do 10 pull-ups. These are like merit badges. Yes. A patch on the front means you can run three miles under 26 minutes. <laughs> so those are very standard. That's boot camp, basically. I didn't have to run three miles. I had to run one mile in less than 12 minutes or something like that. So oh, it's a doable thing. Ten pull-ups. Hell yeah, that's easy. Um, so, But the patch thing is very funny. Like you said, it's like a merit badge. And I just started wondering, like, uh, what other merit badges are they going to have? Is there going to be, like, one for cross-burning, <laughs> right? Like you have a cross-burning badge. <laughs> One more thing about the uniforms. If you're wearing the leather vest with no patch, that means you're a probationary member, okay? It also means you can't do 10 pull-ups or run three miles in under 26 minutes. And then if you can't even do that, you just wear a red shirt, and that means you're not a member of the Blood Tribe, you're a member of the Blood Nation. One final caveat, because they realized the optics were bad with some of the Florida guys, uh, including Boneface. Uh, even if you can do 10 pull-ups and run three miles under 26 minutes, if you're fat or chubby, they're they're gonna probably say you can't march with us. Aww. One good little bit of uh, info that he did share is that uh, the general consensus among Blood Tribe members is that they have fag fatigue. Okay, they're getting tired of doing the fag quote unquote fag events, meaning the drag queen story hours. So they're getting tired of that. So maybe they're going to shift the focus a little bit. This is such a grift. <laughs> I mean, how much merch is he selling on his latest uh, stunt? It's a grift, yeah. But what about the symbolism of the swastika, the, the the way they marched and all this stuff to be kind of like distracted by this, what is arguably 
one of the biggest scandals in the far right in recent memory. Like, no one in the far right is unaware of Boneface now. Yeah. And Boneface will be remembered as this. There's like no cleaning up after this. It was interesting because we started this whole series on Hammer uh, discussing whether he's the next George Lincoln Rockwell. He seems to have about as many followers, (laughs) maybe a little more, than George Lincoln Rockwell. But I don't know if George Lincoln Rockwell showed himself to be such a dork about all this and embarrassing himself the way that that he's embarrassing himself with this whole bone face debacle. So I just wonder if he's going down. You know, is he... Yeah, but he's going to continue to do these stupid events, which will raise his profile, but he clearly doesn't get much respect on the far right anymore. Well, I think the comparison to George Lincoln Rockwell is apt in two different ways. The events are in that vein. Yeah. They're akin to uh, the marches that he did. But another thing about Rockwell like Hammer, I mean, beggars can't be choosers, right? So, like, they're willing to take some people that we would not even want to sit down at the table with. Yeah. The only disqualifier, really, a criminal disqualifier from joining Blood Tribe is a sex crime of, of any type or a recent drug conviction. But other than that, if your history, if 10 years ago you were dealing meth, they don't care, right? Wait, these are the guys that are that, that want to take war brides, but you can't have a sex offense to join them? Nobody ever said these guys were consistent. Obviously, this is the worst of the worst sort of guys, so they can't be too selective in who they bring into their ranks. However, the new rule is background check before you get in, and they're going to background check everybody who's in. So that's going to try to see if there's any other pervs or freaks or or feds in there. But there's already a backlash against that because people don't want to trust Hammer or Cracker with their information. <laughs> what if they get hacked? Then this list is out there. I mean, that, that's one of the debates going on. Right. Understand it. I mean, they don't want to be doxxed, right? Well, they know that someone's not going to dox them. Right. I know that some people will say, oh, well, no sane person will join these guys, right? But Hammer has said this time and time again. He's not looking for sane people. He wants warriors, right. specifically, white warriors to join. And he's looking to convince Patriot Front right. and Proud Boys, not like normal, everyday folk. That's why he's dangerous, because he's giving those nut jobs a, a place to go. People have prioritized different things about Boneface and, and why they didn't like him being at the rally. Um, there's those who don't like the optics of Boneface, and in that case, my rebuttal is, fuck you. I like, if if the Boneface story is real, I like the optics of Boneface. I like that he's a scary goon, and I like the reaction that it provoked. And, and in my opinion, it was a wild success, a wild success. Now, you might disagree, but you don't have the same strategy and intention that I do, so that's not really relevant. And... During the live streams and during the court, several Patriot Front guys called in saying they love him. (laughs) Several said, I'd love to join. Several said they bought flags from him. And then uh, one guy asked if he would do an event with Patriot Front. And he's like, no, he loves Patriot Front, but he won't because he doesn't want to harsh their chi, right? Like Patriot Front would get a bad rep if they're hanging out with Hammer. Right. 
So that's where the danger lurks. He's providing a place for the people who find that Patriot Front and Proud Boys, that's not extreme enough. But there's one more thing. Like I said, Hammer mentioned a curse. In my opinion, Boneface is in no way henceforth in good standing with Blood Tribe. Everyone who has made the Blood Oath, there's no uh, nothing that could um, be holding you to that oath to, blood, uh, to Boneface. He's a deceiver, and he has broke the oath. And the curse is this. So if you guys remember, when I, when I tell you, when we do the blood oath, blessed are those who keep the oath forever. Cursed are those who break it. And within like 24 hours, Boneface's curse started to roll in after that oath. And here it is now. He's done. And uh, if that's not a proof of the magic, I don't know what is, bub. Since Boneface was found guilty, he was already been beaten up by a gang of local Nazis down in Florida for being a rat. And I can't imagine it's going to get any easier. I'm going to say this to Boneface. At this point, I would say fill in the rest of your chicken scratch tattoos, change your name to Blackface, and live out the rest of the day as the you are. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's good, bro. But hey, boys, fuck that bone face. He ain't nothing but a crackhead. Come on, everybody knew that at the beginning. He ain't nothing but a lying Yankee crackhead. And y'all, someone tell him he's a Yankee and go back up to New York. That's what I got to say with a closing statement. Fuck that Yankee shit. White power. Fuck all Yankees. Fuck the Constitution. Hail victory. There it is, Chins. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Remember, support our work via Patreon slash CrashBerry. For five bucks a month, you can support the show and get free books, early access, and other special perks. CrashBerry.com has all the details. He's big and strong. He's sad and mad. 